I'm Mark Angelos, and welcome to Episode 10 of the Emerging Managers Exchange Podcast. Today we're going to have a very timely conversation about crypto regulation. We'll consider the impact of the FTX meltdown, the accelerating crypto winter, and what firms should consider in light of these ongoing developments. To help us get a better understanding of this, I'm joined today by Fizza Khan. Fizza is the founder and chief executive officer of Silver Regulatory Associates. Silver is a pioneer in providing outsourced compliance services to investment firms. Fizza is an expert on regulations governing investment advisors. Fizza, welcome. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'll start us easy with uh, a little bit about your firm. Can you tell us why you founded Silver Regulatory Associates? Certainly. So in June of 2018, I launched Silver in the hopes of being able to service the investment management community at large. Our primary client base is comprised of private fund managers, so hedge funds, private equity firms, as well as asset managers, wealth managers, and limited purpose broker dealers. And what we are aiming to do is really bring clarity and ensuring that we can help these managers navigate what can be a rather complicated regulatory landscape and help them comply with the rules and regulations that are applicable to them. What we in essence do is provide a very boutique and hands-on approach to the compliance and regulatory effort that these managers are required to have as a part of their regulatory compliance program. And ultimately, what we want to be able to ensure is that not only are they complying with the expectations of the regulators, but they're also operating their business in the most productive and efficient way while complying with their regulatory requirements. Interesting. I think the elephant of the room, as we all know, is FTX and their recent bankruptcy filing. Yes. Uh, so with all eyes focused on the crypto space, what would you say is the key fundamental issue here? I think what we need to focus on is the fact that the, the collapse of FTX and the filing of bankruptcy by FTX is really a signal to the regulators that there needs to be a regulatory framework around crypto and digital assets. I think what is happening right now is fundamentally a signal to the SEC, the CFTC, and even Congress to ensure that there actually are proper guidance and a proper rulemaking if necessary to address the issues that have always been there, but unfortunately, the collapse of FTX has brought to light. So ultimately, where we are right now is the Department of Justice, the SEC, and the CFTC getting involved in investigations around FTX in particular, and they're doing so under the assertion that FTX and its founder has committed a level of fraud on the public and in the investing public, I should say. And then ultimately, what can they do under that umbrella of fraud? But I think it just really exposes 
the need and and ultimately the requirement by the regulators to institute some sort of regulatory guidance and framework around crypto. I would argue it's safe to say this is a bit of a, a muddy mess right now as we figure who does what. Yes. <laughs> In an ideal scenario, what do you think is the proper response to the events we've seen? I think, honestly, it really would be the prudent thing to do by the regulators to institute guidance. They really need to step up. They really need to ensure that we understand, managers understand, the investment investing public understands what has actually transpired, why, and really get a full understanding of what these instruments are. Honestly, we have yet to clarify whether crypto or any form of digital asset is a security. Is it a commodity? What is it in order for us to be able to understand the appropriate regulations that then should be applied so that we can all operate safely and within the realm of being able to say with confidence that we are doing things the right way? Right now, we don't have that guidance. Right now, managers, investors, uh, crypto natives do not have the appropriate regulatory framework in place to operate and then ultimately to continue to innovate. And I think that is something that we definitely need. Um, I think ultimately having the answer to whether or not these assets are securities will ultimately lend support as to how to address the custody issue as well. I think that's an excellent point. I've had conversations in my own business, people who, you know, educated folks who aren't sure if these are, if it's property, derivatives, royalties, I've heard. So right. I, I mean, it matters as to who handles it. So there's even been talk, I've heard you mention of a subset regulatory body to handle the new legal construct. What are your thoughts around that possibility? I, as of now, it's just an idea that's been floating around. I think it's a very good one. At the moment, I think, unfortunately, even though uh, there is some level of expertise at uh, regulators, uh, there's not enough of a proper understanding around how these assets are intended to be used. It's not to say that crypto isn't a security or that the tokens generated by certain uh, uh, blockchain uh, innovators are not securities, but we don't have that clarity. And in order to get that clarity, we need people who are experts or willing to be educated about what these things are. So ultimately, if we had a subset regulatory body that could be dedicated to actually addressing the digital asset community, the crypto community, and actually have it comprised of people who understand the space, then more likely there will be an understanding of how to treat these assets and how they should be regulated. And then the appropriate regu uh, regulatory framework can come into play. But this is why I think it's important that the SEC recognizes that if there, need, if there needs to be regulatory 
understanding, if there needs to be regulatory clarification, then why not create a division within the SEC, for example, that specifically addresses these assets? They have something for private funds. There's a private fund unit within the investment advisor or investment management division. There can be something similar with respect to crypto and digital assets. I have to point out that this lack of regulatory framework is, to me, it appears to be a choice, right? The, the SEC has known about these assets for a long time. They were invented in 09. They became popularized in 17. So it's not exactly new. I, I wonder what's taking so long. I've heard you use the term regulation by enforcement. Yes. I mean, it's it's interesting because the primary way that the SEC in the past has addressed innovation or new types of instruments entering the financial industry or the financial services space has been by way of guidance, whether it's uh, clarifying current rules to ensure that uh, managers in the space understand how to appropriately uh, comply with the existing rules, or even if it's by speeches and being able to give guidance that way. The SEC usually is very good about providing guidance. In this case, as you correctly pointed out, years have gone by and their primary guidance has been done through enforcement. So it's unfortunate because now now people in the space, now people who are trying to get into financial services by way of crypto, by way of digital assets, enters so very trepidatiously because they don't understand and very much want to understand what their regulatory compliance requirements are. And if they only have enforcement actions to look to, and if those enforcement actions aren't dead on with what they're doing or not immediately addressing what it is that they are even trying to think about doing, then is there even room for innovation for these managers, for these crypto natives to come in because they're more concerned about potentially getting into the crosshairs of uh, coming under SEC scrutiny rather than advancing the asset class in and of itself. So I think, again, this goes back to the fundamental issue of whether or not these assets are securities. And um, we need more guidance and more structure and to repeat myself, more framework than what we have currently. I would be remiss not to point out the recent SEC case that came down um, um, ironically uh, November 7th. So not to uh, far ahead of when the FTX collapse happened. But there was a case that was brought uh, in the U.S. District Court for the District of New Hampshire. And in essence, they, they gave a summary judgment in favor of the SEC against LBRY or library. And, in, and what they said, what this court said, was that the token that library offered which was called LBC, was a, 
offering of unregistered securities. And what that means specifically is that LBC as a token is a security pursuant to the Howey test. And just to quickly recap, the Howey test is comprised of three prongs. The first prong is that it's an investment of money in a common enterprise with an expectation of profits to be derived from the efforts of others. And this is all packaged in the form of an investment contract. Now, library did not have any issue with saying that they met the first two prongs, that they had an investment contract that was for the investment of money in a common enterprise. What they did have an issue with was the expectation of profits to be derived from the efforts of others. And they relied on the fact that in previous actions that the SEC has brought with respect to the crypto space and the offering of unregistered securities, it was done under the guise of the fact that there was an initial coin offering or that there was a blockchain developed specifically for the promotion of a particular token when that token was deemed to be a security. And the court said, absolutely not. (laughs) These three prongs have been met. And more importantly, that LBRY could not rely on the precedents that had been set in previous cases, citing to the fact that although these cases were out there, that LBRY had to conduct its own specific analysis and ensure that it was taking into account the economic realities of the transaction. So now, where does this leave us in terms of future cases that may come forth? I think this is very telling that the courts are saying in favor of the SEC that, yes, you may have precedents and you may have certain standards that you were following to say why it is that you're bringing this case and why it is that these uh, particular offerings are securities and ultimately they were unregistered. Yes, you can look at that, but that's not going to tell the whole picture. The whole picture at this juncture is going to be the actual economic realities around how a particular token or how a particular crypto will be used and it will be judged against the Howey test. So again, there's so much uncertainty around the fundamental question of whether or not the token in which a particular token generator is either promoting or uh, selling or distributing is actually a security. And now it's one where we have to literally take it on a case-by-case basis. This does not lend to the support that we need in order to determine whether or not we're dealing with the security. And that's why we need regulatory certainty and the proper framework around it. The unspoken fear in the markets right now, Fizza, and I was there in 08, so I remember this as a Lehman guy. Right. Will will this stress create runs on additional platforms? It may. 
I think the important distinction to take into account here is the fact that one, FTX was highly leveraged and they were hypothecating their client accounts. So the assets in their client accounts were being used uh, to further leverage and hypothecate um, the FTX platform. This is something that other platforms are claiming that they do not have, that they do not engage in, meaning that they do not engage in rehypothecation, they do not engage in leverage. There's a one-to-one ratio as it relates to liquidity of their client assets. That is some level of assurance, but it's not one that we can feel completely comfortable because, again, we need to ensure that we're meeting, if you're a crypto manager, if you're dealing in a uh, underlying asset that is crypto or digital assets, then we need to have a lot more assurance around whether or not these platforms are safe. And to your earlier point, Mark, being a part of the global financial crisis directly, there was a quote unquote safety net. That was the bailout. The government was willing to bail these banks out. These platforms will not be bailed out. These platforms do not have the protection of the U.S. government. There's no regulatory framework around these platforms. So how can they have the protection of either the regulators or the government as a whole? So we need to be very careful about where these assets are being held, how they're being protected, how they're being managed. If a private fund manager is employing a crypto strategy, how can they assure themselves that they are meeting their regulatory requirements under the Advisors Act to custody these assets properly? And at the end of the day, it goes back to that fundamental question of whether or not these assets are securities and how they should be protected. That's such a good point. I think that that's the real key of this whole thing is once they figure out what these things are, we'll have a roadmap. That's exactly right. Very true. Uh, I guess the question really is the regarding custody, how should firms be thinking about it? Yes, I think the custody rule is predicated on whether the investment advisor is actually holding and overseeing the assets and has discretion over the assets and the securities of their clients or their investors or the private fund. And where we are right now is going back to what ultimately is the fundamental issue. Are these assets, is crypto a security? And we are getting some level of clarity, as I just described with the detailed accounting of the LBRY case. However, that in and of itself is not sufficient to determine whether or not we're dealing with securities. Further to that, there are specific requirements over which a qualified custodian, by definition, under the Advisors Act, custody rule needs to meet. A qualified custodian has certain qualifications that it needs to meet in order to be designated as a qualified custodian. So 
all of this is ultimately in the hands of the regulators to provide us guidance and maybe even rulemaking around how these assets need to be treated, first and foremost, as whether or not they are security. Secondly, how they need to be custodied. And until we get that level of clarity and guidance, my recommendation would be during that interim period for managers who have crypto as an underlying asset class or even as a part of their current investment strategy, they should think about self-custodying those assets. And the reason why I'm advocating for that is because you can demonstrate to the regulators that you are fulfilling your fiduciary duty by ensuring you are protecting the assets in the best way you possibly can. And at the moment, the platforms are not secure. The regulatory framework has yet to be established. And who knows best how to protect these assets than the people who are directly involved in the industry itself. And oftentimes the managers of crypto funds have been in the space for quite a period of time and understand the technological certainties and requirements around what needs to be in place in order to self-custody. So if you can put that framework together, if you can have multi-factor authentication around your cold wallet storage, uh, whether it's you build it from a proprietary standpoint or you seek out third parties who have built the framework to allow for self-custody to take place, I would highly encourage crypto managers to look into this as a viable option until we get regulatory guidance and framework from the SEC and perhaps even from Congress. I must comment on that, Fizza, is this lack of regulatory framework. I think people call it unfortunate, but I honestly view it as a choice. Like they're, the, the SEC, they've been around a long time and there's been no regulation. You, you call the regulation by enforcement. This is what we get when we have that approach. This is just my opinion. I, I completely agree with you. Yes, absolutely. The second point is the qualified custodian comment. I know from my time in the equity space that qualified custodians, if that structure proceeds, it becomes cost prohibitive to the smaller players, no? It can be, yes. A, a qualified custodian, by way of example, are typically established institutions such as a broker-dealer. And oftentimes, um, we think about that in a very tunnel visioned or a very limited lens. And now that the, the space of financial instruments has expanded exponentially in light of crypto coming to the forefront, we have to understand what it means to be a qualified custodian in the space of crypto and digital assets. And to your point, if we follow the definition under the Advisors Act, uh, specifically with the custody rule, that does become cost prohibitive. There are plenty of platforms out there that could probably um, meet the definition of a qualified custodian as it relates to how they manage and house crypto assets. But because of either their size or the relative newness to the industry, they cannot meet that standard. 
So they don't have the designation as a qualified custodian. And now because of the collapse of FTX, there's going to be even that much more scrutiny and rightfully so as to how these platforms are structured, how they're intended to um, manage and protect these assets on behalf of their customers. And that will add a level of cost. So until we figure out a way to standardize and ensure that these uh, platforms are not only meeting the qualified custodian standard, but also readily available to managers who need to comply with the custody rule, and then ultimately getting further guidance as to whether these assets are securities or not, then we need to do what's in the best interest of these managers' clients. And I think at this point in time, that would be self-custody. This is a tremendous amount of insight you're bringing here, Fizza. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you, (laughs) so what happens next? What happens next is we wait and see what the SEC does. I think that, as we know, regulators tend to be reactive. And this is a reaction that needs to be done in very quick time. I think at the moment we are in a place where we need to be a bit patient, but we need to be cautious. And the cautionary tale is really with respect to the registered investment advisors who are in the crypto space. I think as a result of what is transpiring now, and because the SEC wants to learn as much as possible in as uh, quick of time as possible, managers should be prepared that routine examinations of these types of investment advisors are going to happen. They are, all investment advisors are subject to routine examinations by the SEC. But I think whenever there is something as big as what we are experiencing now uh, in this climate, they tend, they meaning the regulators, tend to focus on those registrants under their jurisdiction that have a direct uh, segue into what is happening in the market. So I think managers who have disclosed that crypto is their a part of their investment strategy, is an asset class of their investment strategy, they should be prepared that the SEC will come knocking. That's fantastic. Fizz, I want to thank you for bringing all this insight and information. This is a lot of food for thought, and I think that it's very valid. Uh, so I'd like to thank you for joining me and sharing your insights into how things are changing in a very rapidly developing space. I also want to thank our listeners for supporting this podcast. Remember that you can find out more about FISA in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this conversation, I'd ask you to please leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. I'm Mark Angelos, and this is the Emerging Managers Exchange Podcast. Thank you for listening, and good luck out there. <laughs>